0: Nope. Tongue's not working.
1: (laughs) I was thinking recently that we've not really had outro material, like gag reel, (laughs) last few second material. And then you just said, oops, tongue's not working.
0: Yep. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. My name is Jacob Malicic. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, joining us, as always, is Matthew Westfox, another of our hosts. Matthew hey guys, how are how you we doing? doing? Excellent. And then, also joining us uh, from the same latitude, but a different longitude, but with a great attitude, we've got the one and only Jonah Kelman. Jonah, how are you doing this evening?
2: Doing great. I might challenge the attitude bit. Sometimes I get a little bit sassy, but.
0: I can take it hey look I love sass, uh, and perhaps that's not the the best thing to say but uh, I I enjoy it a lot especially uh, if you if uh, anybody has listened to some previous episodes you might notice a theme in some of the characters I tend to really enjoy and appreciate is they've got some they got some bite in their attitude uh, it's one of the reasons I like Jessica Jones a lot uh, but that's not what we're talking about this evening uh, we brought Jonah on uh, because today we would like to talk about uh, something related to Star Wars, specifically the Jedi and the Sith. Uh, and Matthew, why did it, why did we want to talk about this? The reason why this has
1: been a topic I've wanted to get into for a while is, um, you know, we had an episode a while back where we did talk about the Jedi and where the Jedi went in the last Jedi movie and the Jedi core beliefs. And there's so much more to, to scratch the surface with in this topic. And I've been... It, I'd been thinking about it for a while uh, as something that would be a great thing to get into. And then Jonah I, um, Jonah's a fellow judge. That's how Jacob and I know him. And um, you and I were at, um, I think, uh, a rap party after one of the uh, events. And somehow you and I got onto this topic. And I just remember thinking to myself, we've got to get you onto the podcast to talk about this. Because I know this is something you have a lot of thoughts on, um, a lot of knowledge on, perhaps more than either uh, – pro- um, definitely more than either Jacob or I. Um, And that you just really have a lot of great opinions to get into because I think, you know, I am someone who, if you asked me what was sort of my first, like, moral, ethical influence, it was Yoda. Like, I remember being a five-year-old, six-year-old kid and thinking about things that Yoda had said as like, you know, oh, okay, that's how, you know, like, that's what it is to be a good person. Um, And I I think that's true for a lot of people. I think for a lot of people um, of our generations, if you grew up on Star Wars... You know, the the stuff from these movies had a lot to teach you about right and wrong and anger and fear and all this kind of stuff. And it's stuff that we all kind of take for granted, but they've never really had a chance to dig into and and look at those lessons and, and maybe even question them some. So to me, this was just a, a fantastic topic and, and, and one I really wanted to get Jonah on to talk about.
0: Yeah, and I think <clears throat> among the topics we tend to discuss, uh, we we like, you know, interesting villains and we like uh conflicted heroes and but we also like this broad sort of uh philosophical challenge right and, and especially if the the philosophies or the ideologies or the religions that we're dealing with are crafted in a particular way that is that is compelling uh it, it can help us to engage with the media and, and to raise some of these types of questions uh, so jonah uh if you could kind of explain to us who in the world the sith are who are the who are these sith guys They're the good guys, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, we're done. Now the Jedi are...
2: (laughs) So to be clear, a little bit of what I'm going to dip into is the Legends canon, the pre-Disney canon, because that's where a lot of my experience lies. Um, Some of it has been removed from the official canon, some of it still exists. The general premise is approximately 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, there was a planet of people who could do some sweet magic shit. Uh, They were the original force users. Um, And they had two sects that I can't remember the names of off the top of my head. Uh, One was worshiping one moon, the other was worshiping the other moon. And the two core beliefs were essentially freedom versus order. Um, And the Jedi order developed from the order side and the Sith from the freedom side. Um, And then they got into some conflicts here and there, killed a bunch of people, had some more galactic wars, blew up some planets, um, <laughs> like you do yes, you, know, you do standard stuff um, but the core sith tenets are belief in oneself and personal freedom and choice um, and they believe that the jedi strongly restrict that
1: mm. right. it, right. and and I should say just to be clear um. We're going to be talking primarily today about the films and TV shows, but also bringing in some stuff from some of the books and some of the video games, because it's really just such a rich canon in so many directions. Um, and as a spoiler warning, we're going to be spoiling almost all of that. Um, so if you've not seen all the movies, if you have um, not seen or are not planning to see um, Attack of the Clones, the TV show, as well as the um, the, the movie, or the Clone Wars TV show, I mean, um, definitely stick around. If... if um, you're you're you haven't seen some of those uh go watch the star wars movies and come back and listen or just you know stick around anyway but definitely full spoiler
0: warning so so sorry jonah go on wait Uh, real quick i'm gonna hang up you're gonna talk about the clone wars which i do intend to watch i don't want to get spoiled (laughs) so uh have fun guys (laughs) (laughs) we will not spoil too many details but i am gonna draw some things from that no 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 that's fine Uh, i'm sorry jonah continue uh
2: one big point that i want to point out is the difference between the sith order and dark jedi dark Jedi are Jedi Knights or Force users who have fallen to use the dark side of the Force, which is generally considered to be more powerful but damaging to the user uh, and dangerous. But they're not necessarily followers of the Sith Code. Right.
1: Um, and that's one thing we'll get into, because I know this hasn't really been explored much in the movies, but certainly in the in the TV show, The Clone Wars, and in some of the books, we do get to explore some Force users um who are um you know, some who are not on the dark side necessarily, but not with the Jedi, and then quite a lot we get of uh dark Jedi, as you said, people who are drawn to the dark side of the force, but who are not the Sith. So that's a really good distinction.
0: So and the and to to clarify, the dichotomy you were describing, Jonah, uh between so the the Sith you said were on the freedom side of the equation. So, so Essentially, per, yeah. Is that, that's personal freedom or is that uh yes. freedom for everybody?
2: Uh I'm a mix of it too uh the primary tenant is do what you want um and if i can stop you from doing what you want well then i get to do what i want um so you can have your freedom as long as i get to do whatever
0: i want sure as we were we were joking uh in our little discussions on uh, uh instant messenger prior to uh this podcast the that that is actually that strikes me as a bit libertarian in in practice uh which is interesting uh because it's not really something that i had considered prior to you making that point um and i i do find it's fascinating that you know the base idea of personal freedom doesn't seem particularly evil and yet the sith are painted often in in that way in narratives especially in in Um, like, why do you think that is or is it because we just don't explore that aspect?
2: I mean, I think a part of it is that it's a lot easier to sell good versus evil than uh, something that delves into the complexities of morality in a movie. Uh, right. TV shows are much more able to delve into the gray space because you can have character development. Uh, right. But it's also very easy to point to selfishness and be like, That guy's being evil. Um, But if you look at what Emperor Palpatine professed to want, he wanted order in the galaxy. He wanted things to be regulated. One of the reasons he nominally pushed to be Supreme Chancellor is because of the corruption of the Republic. It was everywhere. um, And it wasn't really anything anybody could stop. Um, If you look at The Phantom Menace, we start with a company blockading a planet because they wanted their resources. Mm -hmm. Right. And what did the Republic do? They're like, well, let's send some guys with swords and say, hey, could
0: you not? (laughs) Magic swords. And they said, hey, could you not? Very convincingly. Uh, The negotiations were short. Yes.
1: (laughs) My clear understanding, though, is that that that's what Emperor Palpatine is claiming to want it is absolutely not what Darth Sidious wants for Darth Sidious um the the bring order to the galaxy is 100% just a means to an end for the development of his own power i
2: want say it's and,
1: 100% so so is it fair to say then and 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 well, first of all let's you talk about uh, Darth Sidious the emperor for a second you were talking about personal freedom it certainly seems like in his case and and, and in Darth Vader's case and, and many other of the um uh most of the um sith who we meet at least through the movies uh count dooku and the like the idea is they want to have their own complete and total personal freedom but if the way to do that is to utterly restrict everyone else's freedom they're okay with that do you think that's a fair assessment
0: yeah so 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 it's it's more the the ideology is um i should be able to use my power use whatever tools in my toolbox to achieve what i want to achieve and if i succeed great um but nobody should there's not any code or set of precepts that stands in my way of doing that right right um and that you know again like not everything about that idea is bad but there is this like what i find fascinating is that the purported um the purported reason for the rise to power of palpatine um as you said was he wanted to bring order to the galaxy which is a very you know jedi thing the jedi would be on board with that general principle um and it's it's interesting how um using that using that language uh actually enabled this this rise to power in this uh totalitarian regime to to take place or military regime i guess i should say uh, because at the end of the day, I think it's a line in the, uh, in a new hope, but there's, there are regional governors now when the Senate gets dissolved. So there's still a hierarchy. It's not just mm-hmm. like a, one single person and nobody else is in power, but.
1: Yeah. And I think we'll get more into this when we start talking about the Jedi, but Jonah, I'm curious if you'd agree with this it, to me, part of why that happens is because that's a, a sign of how much the Jedi have fallen that, You know, the Jedi are in theory supposed to be wanting order, but enough order that, you know, order of democracy rather than order of tyranny. And that a part of why the Emperor is able to so thoroughly hoodwink them in the the prequel movies and in all that, that entire story is because they have somewhat lost, the Jedi have very much lost their way and have lost the ability to kind of recognize that, you know, when you start saying I want to bring order and do it through tyranny... that that to hear the problem of the tyranny there
2: uh yeah and something that i'm thinking of is that the jedi are kind of pushing for galactic freedom they want everybody to be free to live out their life the way they want to they preach non-interference for like undeveloped cultures where the Sith might go in and just take resources or be like these people could use this technology let's give it to them whereas the jedi would be like no 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 they need to develop at their own pace." However that means that they're also not going to interfere when a more advanced civilization is like, well, we want to use them. Uh right. and they they get caught in moral quandaries of we said you could do what you want because we're not going to impose our will on you, but also you're doing bad things now.
0: Right.
1: So so first of all, I find it a little ironic that we are it appears we're doing yet another episode about uh a culture that has a prime directive I <laughs> didn't realize that the Jedi have that non-interference rule. Um, because we just did something about Star Trek and then about the Orville. I mean, um, they're not—they're not,
0: they're not but, the great. Like the Jedi are probably the worst at adhering to such a. Directive. Oh, they're
2: they're terrible because they get emotionally involved, even though they're not supposed to get emotionally
0: involved. Oh, right. oh, I'm so glad you brought that. Oh up, yeah, because that. Oh was yeah. Let me just go nonsense. back to the
1: the, the thing first so, about interference, and then we're going to have a lot to say about emotion. <laughs> um, but so so obviously, it's not what Palpatine is going to claim, but from the Sith ideology. It seems like part of what we're saying here is that freedom is wonderful, but freedom goes to the person who has the most power to take it. And so, for example, if the Trade Federation is able to take what they want from Naboo, then, well, Naboo wasn't strong enough, so they don't get freedom, but the Trade Federation does. Is that that pretty fitting, do you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. For the
0: set. Yeah. So... getting on the um because i cannot like i'm so happy to start talking about this aspect of the jedi and the sith because it's a place where i think the sith are right and the jedi are completely wrong uh the one thing the sith do uh the one thing they they embrace is their emotion right um the sith don't deny their passion they embrace their passion uh, and that's part of their core tenets. At least one iteration of the Sith Code that uh, I remember from the Knights of the Old Republic uh, video games is this, there, there is no peace, there's only passion. Um, it's uh, Or something like that? It, peace is a lie, there's only passion. Peace I is a lie, there's only passion, that's right. Brought up
2: the two codes.
0: Yes. Yeah, why don't
1: we actually, Um, because I think it's going to tie very much into this, why don't we take a moment to actually read the full code and then, and then discuss it?
2: Dibs on the Sith Code. Yeah, you got it. Code it out. Peace is a lie, there's only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall set me free.
1: Now, just to be clear, you read that off real fast. Did you have it up already, or do you just
0: have it memorized?
2: Uh, I'm working on getting it memorized because it's the correct one, uh, but I
0: (laughs) did pull it up. Okay. (laughs) So... I, there's a. There are many ways to interpret that. Uh, that code. That um. Oh, what's the word I want to use? It starts with a dia or similar. The that directive, right? There are many ways to interpret that directive that are deeply, deeply problematic. Um, however, uh, the one thing it has over the Jedi code is that there's nowhere in there where it says deny what you feel, deny yourself because that's the only way to be pure or whatever, whatever fucking nonsense they're trying to start out. <laughs> Like, I just, I'm, that's the one point, like, I'm on board with a lot of what the, the Jedi preach up until they're all like, and you can't feel anything and you can't have friends and you can't have worldly attachments. And it's like, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs>
1: so apparently I'm going to be the Jedi here because Jacob wants to go with his strong emotions but I'm going to hold us to some order that we talk about the Sith just a little longer till we get into how bad the Jedi are. I mean, we can't,
0: we can't, it, it, it's, they mirror each other, right? It's almost impossible to talk about one absent the other. Um, but I, I agree. We we can talk just about the Sith, I guess. Uh, yeah, if you, I, if all I all want I'm like, saying
1: is let, let's lay out each one a little bit on its own terms and then really put them in a conversation with each other.
0: Sure. Um, so anyway, the, the, the Sith code, right? um, Obviously, that is very easy to use to justify tyranny, right? Because you walk through that whole thing and go, cool, uh, what, I, I want power, I want control over the people around me, so I'm going to do that, and there's nothing in here that says I can't. In fact, this I thing mean, is saying, do that. Uh, live your dream, pursue your bliss.
2: One of the things that is a constant among members of the Sith is that they feel that they have been restrained in some way. Um, right. Mm. The founder of the modern sith order the guy who came up with the rule of two darth bain he was uh, essentially a mining slave technically the mining colony was a part of the republic and he got paid wages but the costs of housing and food were higher than his wages so he was locked into industrial slavery mm-hmm. um, and when he got the opportunity to escape the sith are like hey you want to join our army? He's like, snap in. They're like, here's how you... You can make your own choices now. If somebody says no to you, you can say, fuck you and shoot him. And he's like, all right. That is much better than having to get beat up by my boss because he thinks I didn't meet quota, even though I did, and somebody stole my work from me. Right. Uh, and then we have Anakin, who was told, no, you're not allowed to have a relationship at all. You have uh, Dooku, who's told... We don't think that you are as good as you think you are. You're not a master. You're not an elite. Um, Mm -hmm. Things are fair. Your opinions about the corruption in the Republic are wrong. Uh, Darth Maul was orphaned, and he might have been a little bit brainwashed, but again, (laughs) he went through hardship and was told, there are things that you have to do to seek freedom, uh, to be able to make your own choices. And that's what they're pushing for, really.
1: It's a really interesting way to place that ideology then because especially then it is very much the coming from emotion because it's coming from an emotion of I have a deep fear of any lack of freedom. I have a, you know, um, I have I have suffered from a lack of freedom. And so now anything I can do to get my freedom is completely justified. Um, right. And, and where do you think the idea of. Because obviously there's this, you know, it, it's through strength, the am um, just looking at it now, through strength I gain power, through power I gain victory. What What is the victory there? Is it the, just the, the idea
2: that in order to have freedom you have to defeat others? Uh, I think the idea is that there are those who will oppose you making your own decisions. Right. The Jedi say you can't have a relationship. The company says you have to work. Um, and so it's a rebellion against societal constraints.
1: Right. And, and it seems like that part of the idea here is that basically it's very almost Hobbesian and that, you know, sort of life is always going to be a competition with everyone else. And that if you don't fight to take your freedom, someone else will fight to take it away from you. Oh, um, absolutely. It, oh. it is, it, am I right? So that the Sith would say that any kind of system which allows everyone to have the freedom to swing my fist as long as it doesn't hit your face, that that's something they would just have no interest in or, just, or that they just don't believe it would be possible.
2: Uh, definitely the first one, possibly the second.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
2: Like, but go ahead. I, I get it now.
0: The Sith are teenagers in high school. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Uh, the Jedi are your parents, and the Sith are the. But no, like seriously, there is there is something very uh adolescent about the where that direction and I'm, And I'm, this is not to diminish the. philosophy because i do think that again like yeah a lot of a lot of sith do a lot of bad things and at the end of the day i think denying your own feelings is worse and being told that you can't be a person is worse um but there is something very very adolescent about um i am you know i am being controlled i am not i'm not allowed enough agency in my own life Uh, i'm going to rebel Right, I'm gonna rebel and I'm gonna try to like I gain this power and then I'm gonna use that power and break free of whatever is, is holding me back. Um mm. and, not, and I'm and I don't necessarily think that the moniker of adolescence that I'm ascribing here is is a hundred percent negative. I just think it's it's something that appeals very much to people who have ever been in a position like that. Um and it's interesting because if that is effectively a shared origin story behind every Sith, there are a lot of wronged Force users in the galaxy. (laughs) I'm sure that it's like, no wonder they keep cropping up, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, look at Kylo Ren, right? Like, now I'm not a huge fan of the new movies, but that's another three-hour conversation. But (laughs) what's what's his backstory? He felt like his family abandoned him and didn't trust him. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he was just like, well, no, I am powerful, I am strong, and I can control myself. Um, And there's that rebellion. Right. Um, I think one of the important things about the Sith Code is if you want to apply it to your own life, is to not see it as victory over others, but victory over challenges that you face. Um, One of the reasons the Sith get so combative is because the Jedi are there saying, no, you're not allowed to do this. Mm -hmm. If Mm the Jedi Order didn't exist, the Sith wouldn't go around murdering people.
1: Which is interesting because it seems like the biggest, like when you're telling the story about Kylo Ren, the reason why that happens to Kylo Ren is in large part because of Luke's fear. Right. Like, it, it seems like so, and, and this is a wonderful cycle that we'll definitely get into, but like so much of the things that the Sith hate about the Jedi are when the Jedi go to, look, it, it's not it, because as you were saying, Jake. I'm not sure you know, we'll get into this. Like when you're oppressing emotion so much, the emotion comes out in the terrible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me ask one other thing about the 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 rule of two, especially. Can you can you speak a little bit more about where does that come in? Because it would seem on the surface that the idea of a culture that fundamentally has to have a master and an apprentice goes against everything we're talking about. But I'm curious,
2: so how does that fit into the Sith Code? So uh the rule of two, for those who don't know, is two there should be no more, no less, one to embody power, the other to crave it. Um uh, and Back in the day, there were a lot of Sith, uh, order of hundreds or thousands. They had fleets filled with fighters piloted by Sith. Um, And one of the tenets of the Sith, as we've mentioned, is to find victory and personal strength. And so there was, let's just say, a lot of infighting, which was damaging to the Sith order. And what would happen is, over time, two or three or six apprentices would be like, well, our master's suppressing us, and they'd gang up and kill him. But right. any individual wasn't as strong as the master. And so over time, because of this backstabbing, the Sith Order had begun to decay. Mm-hmm. Darth Bane realized this and he's like, well, if we make it a system of two, the apprentice has to be stronger than the master.
0: To, beat and the so master. The,
2: to be able to continue. And so the strength of the Sith Order will continue to grow over time. Um, and so it's maximizing their personal freedom. Uh, It's maximizing their freedom, and then it says to the apprentice, you're as free as you can be. If you're stronger than me, great, kill me. Um, I highly, highly recommend the Darth Bane trilogy to anybody interested in this. Mm. Um, It is old canon, but it's a fantastic read, and Darth Bane uh, does at one point gain an apprentice, and they have the conversation of, yeah, if you... Kill me, A plus. Good job. If you wait until I'm weak or sick and then you kill me, fuck you. You're a shitty Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And, yeah. Does that answer the question?
1: It, it does. And, and and Jacob, forgive me. I'm going to spoil a plot detail about um the Clone Wars, but not a huge mm-hmm. one. Um, but um, so Jonah, how far are you into the relationship between Count Dooku and Ventress?
2: Not terribly far. Okay,
1: then I won't get to ask the question anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um yeah. I I have one more quick thing I want to throw out here, and then and then we can move on to the Jedi and and really get into uh, Jacob. If we want to um kind of putting the two in a conversation. Um, I I think I'm not quite as big on this as as either of you guys, in part because I think for me, my my issue has never been about uh feeling I had to repress emotions. It's always been much more about wanting to kind of dial my emotions back. Um, and I know that for many, like when I read this, when I think of wild and like having my emotions be completely free that to me feels like it's not freedom because i feel like i'm being driven by my emotion instead of doing what I, what I might necessarily want you know more rationally um where would the sith like is there a part of the sith code that's also about you know freedom from your emotions in any way or is that just not that's not a way they would see it in the slightest
2: um so there is a degree of control for example, uh, after Darth Bane initiated the Rule of Two and went into hiding, the Sith were gone from the galaxy for nearly 3,000 years. Um, they bided their time. They're like, the most efficient way for us to gain power is to wait, to not strike back against the Jedi. Uh, they did use logic and controlled their emotions. They're like, yes, we want to eliminate the Jedi from the galaxy. Okay, how do we do that? And then you have the Clone Wars.
1: Right. <clears throat> and that, hence, the return of the Sith being such a big thing, right? But for you, for you, Jacob, where, where, where do you think that when you're talking about like rejecting any of the idea of repressing emotion, do you think that there is a danger though
0: of like the the emotion going so far that it limits your freedom? Well, it's interesting because there's there was a statement that you made there that I wanted to push back against, but the more I think Please. about it, the more I think that like there is a point there. Like, I don't necessarily think that. Um, I don't agree with the idea that all emotion driven action is inherently irrational action. Uh, I feel that they can be in harmony with each other um but I think there is a there is a case to be made that if you are going to try to do some like trying to focus on a goal that especially dealing with um long term uh long term gains right something way out in the way where in the short term you're making sacrifices so that you can have a big payoff later. Um, Research has shown humans are garbage at doing that, right? We're (laughs) we're really, really bad uh, if we don't get the gratification immediately. Um, But if we create systems, right, if we institute something knowing intellectually that this will pay off, we can convince ourselves and reward ourselves mentally uh, for doing a thing that's going to pay off later. Uh, and so like, there's a case where I don't think it's, it's necessarily control over your emotions that you're doing there, but I think what it is, is control over your impulses. Um, mm. So like, I think it's more important to acknowledge what you're feeling. Right. Uh, and then, acknowledge that acting on it in this particular moment is counter to what you actually want. Right. Right. Rather yeah, I, than I, I think that makes repressing. sense. And I,
1: I, here we're getting into a whole school of psychology we don't necessarily need to but I think that that's for me that helps to reframe this Sith a little bit because I feel like a lot of and that we can use this to start to get into the Jedi um, part of what originally drew me so much to the Jedi code and this is when I was a very young kid and it's it's grown a lot but I was someone who often saw both in just the people around me, but also just in the world and the like, the terrible things that happened when people acted out of anger, when they acted out of fear, when they acted out of those kind of emotions. And so for me, a part of what I was always really drawn to by the Jedi was the idea of needing to restrict those, of needing to recognize the danger of acting out of fear, acting out of anger and emotion. Um, but obviously, as I think we're about to get into, that's that's not necessarily what the Jedi always stand for, and, and always, often they take it a lot deeper. So. Um, in the same way, um, Joan, I think most of our listeners are probably more, um, have more knowledge of the Jedi, but still probably not that that deep. You want to give us a little more of a summary of kind of who the Jedi are and where they, where they come from?
2: Yeah. So the Jedi are nominally the peacekeepers of the Republic and then later the New Republic and then the Resistance, I guess, um, yeah. <laughs> but they are an order of space wizards, for lack of a better term, who defend justice and order. They're to, they're supposed to be, because of their supernatural abilities, very excellent moderators, and they have the ability to defend themselves if it comes to combat, so you can throw them into very dangerous situations alone and relatively unthreatening. You don't need to send in tanks, you send in a lone individual, a sentient, and say, calm them down, and a Jedi is supposed to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Later in the...
0: Go ahead. I was just going to make the joke that the Jedi are power gamers. They're like space red mages. Uh, <laughs> they can do everything. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, there are some that are bad and they go to the gardening department of the Jedi. That's a thing. They I'm have a gardening
0: that department?
2: Uh, agricultural. That, yeah.
0: that should be where all <laughs> of the wisest ones end up. So I disagree with how that works out. But
2: okay. They, they put the ones that don't show significant aptitude into agriculture and have them soothe plants to
0: life oh that's not classist
2: at all Uh... no (laughs) sorry Uh, so the jedi clearly perfectly reasonable people they kidnap your baby and then if they don't stand up to your standards they send them to work on a farm yep sounds good to me and if they do meet their standards they start combat training at like age four
1: yeah the whole and and we and it's funny i you during our lead into this, we, you and I were, were briefly talking about Solo um, and how much we both dislike that. I, I, in many ways, I put it as a worse movie than the 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 original, the the, the prequels, because as bad as the prequels were, they at least give us a lot um, of information, even if it's badly told. And to me, one of the most interesting things is just the whole dynamic of Anakin being too old, because right. once you realize that, you, you you realize like this is some serious like this may be a weird connection, but as all of the stories about the Catholic sex abuse uh, clergy scandals have been coming out. One of the things that has been coming out is that a big part of the problem is that many Catholic priests, you know, start going to like seminaries that are doing nothing but training them to be priests at a very young age and how much that can really fuck people up. And that's kind of what I think of when I think about the Jedi, like taking these children for so young is that you're indoctrinating them, you're brainwashing them into this very specific you know, set of beliefs, that means that as they mature, as they, if they start to have new thoughts that come, come into conflict with this, that's going to wind up really badly.
2: Absolutely. And then you have Dark Jedi and set. It's a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because there's this, in the uh, in the first trilogy of movies to be released uh, in Empire, we hear Yoda say that Luke is too old to begin the training. And, you know, at that point in my life, I'm thinking to myself, okay, they they clearly start pretty young. When we hear Anakin being brought before the council, and they say he's too old to begin the training, I'm like, what? Too old to receive the brainwashing, more like. I have opinions. Anyway, uh, did you have a uh did you have more you wanted to add before getting into the the jedi's code their their version of the sith code which the sith code <sighs> sounds like an answer to or response to yeah
2: i think the sith code is very much an answer to the jedi code
0: right oh uh, i
2: mean I, I, I was wondering about that first
1: which came first
2: uh i don't know i presume it was the jedi code yeah um The Jedi Code starts with, there is no emotion, there is peace, to which the Sith Code responds, peace is a lie, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Mm.
1: So let's look at the Jedi Code for a second. Uh, Do you have that memorized as well, or should we read that one?
2: I've got it pulled up. Go for it. Uh, So, as I said, there is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the Force. Now... I'm pretty sure all of that's just yeah. wrong. Uh, the <laughs> just last like one a... isn't wrong.
0: Force Ghosts.
2: Um, Space I mean, That's not available
0: to everybody. Sure. They're only available to people with plot armor. Right. <laughs> um, but
2: there is emotion, there's ignorance, there's passion, yep. there's chaos. Yep.
1: In some ways, I feel like the the Sith are incredible cynics and the Jedi are incredible idealists because... The the Sith code seems to me like, this is just base human nature. We can't ever be better than it. Let's just acknowledge it. The Jedi code is, no, we can perfect ourselves and get to this point of perfection. And I, I sort of feel like I want to try to be better than the Sith code thinks things are, but recognize that we can never be as good as the Jedi seems to think we
2: are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I might argue that the Sith are, are opportunists rather than cynics but it's much the same.
0: Mm. Right and there's this so there's this thing in the Jedi code that I it's always rubbed me the wrong way because the the inherent idea here is basically like mastery it, it's the it's that whole mastery of the self leads to mastery of of the world around you or similar it's it's a very Vorlon ideology actually uh the the notion that um, well, if you could just be better and they define, then this is what I what I dislike, they define being better by, um not having emotion not, uh not, like, not being ignorant I can get behind. But that's not what the code says, right? Uh
2: Here's here's a question Would the Jedi get into the good place?
0: I can't answer that, oh, I don't know I'm what Oh, I'm so good glad you like is. that show so much <laughs>
2: Uh, I, I don't think they like they don't do like the Jedi code doesn't preach goodness it preaches order
0: order and abstinence yes oh god the abstinence well, especially is so dumb
1: well so th- so this, the goal of the Sith is very much about <clears throat> this code will help you and fuck everybody else and who cares um who do you think the
2: Jedi hold on hold on the Sith code is this code will help you <laughs> That, that extra stuff is you. No, <laughs> well, you ascribe that to the Sith. The Sith are fine people.
0: I disagree well, because evidence. Uh, <laughs> name, I, I mean, name one Sith <clears throat> who hasn't fucked somebody else over on purpose.
2: I mean, there's one guy in the old canon. He just wanted to spend time with his family.
0: He did that for a while. Then he died. <laughs> All right, <laughs> okay. cool. So that but- one guy... And my, yeah. point, my point is that <laughs> the perfect. I, 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 I,
1: can we at least agree the Sith seem to be fairly value neutral about everybody? Oh, yeah. the, the point oh, of the yeah. code, there is nothing altruistic about the Sith code. Oh, not um, the slightest. Who do you think the Jedi code is trying? Is the Jedi code about how to perfect yourself, or is there at least a claim of altruism about like that? This is what is best for everybody.
2: I think that they're applying galactic ideals. They're saying no person in the galaxy is ignorant if we give them knowledge. Mm-hmm. We can, pre- there is knowledge. We can give that to somebody who is ignorant. We can give peace to somebody who has emotions. We can force harmony onto disruptive lives. Um, right. And so they're trying to say, yeah, we can make the galaxy a
0: perfect place. And then nobody actually dies. It just looks and feels like it. That's, you know, that's where they kind of lose me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I like the the idea there as I understand it is that um they almost worship the force and insofar as that is the thing that they're tied to and they feel that it takes precedence over like it doesn't matter what happens to you, right? What matters is what happens to the force because the force is this all encompassing thing that, you know, needs to be healthy and and, and nurtured right. and, and given all of its vegetables and taught good christian morals or whatever um not good christian morals though because that's not what the jedi are about um although hmm would would the jedi like jesus
2: i mean they think he's an all right guy sure
0: <laughs> sure but there was that uh, one time he cursed a fig tree <laughs> sorry yeah, i, I mean
1: so so I don't want to go too deep on this because it's obviously my favorite subject, but I, but I, it's usually talking about the Jedi where they like Jesus and would – um, when you said about worshipping the Force, Jonah, one of my kind of pet theories is that and, – and this is for both of you, the Jacob, you and I have discussed it a little bit – that however the Jedi started, this may not have been intentional and I don't think it was. By the time we get to the prequel movies, the Jedi have become a religion. With all of the problems that that often has in terms of organized religion, in that, as I think in the Last Jedi they kind of point out, they become much more interested in the structures of the religion and preserving the power of the religion and kind of worshipping the canon of the religion instead of actually adhering to the things that they're supposed to be adhering to, and that's a big part of how the Jedi become so corrupt um, or and so easily
2: manipulated. Do, Do you think that's a fair assessment? By and large, I agree. I think there are a couple outliers, a couple people who are slightly cynical. Uh, For example, Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of the more cynical Jedi who doesn't fall to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we look at him and we're like, wait a second, he's doing all sorts of fucked up shit. Um, If we look at A New Hope, he just changes, like, he goes into somebody's brain and says, nah, you're not seeing what you think you're seeing. Mind control, not really, like, a super passive thing, right? Oh, and even there, you could say, like,
1: he's doing it to protect himself. There's a scene in the, the second movie um, where he just casually, like, tells someone to stop being a drug addict. Which, okay, maybe good point, but that's straight up brainwashing.
0: Right. It's funny. Um, you can tell I, how old I am, because when you said the second movie, I'm all like, he's dead in Empire. He doesn't use any <laughs> force. I also jumped to Empire. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. I, I should, and I, I will say to both of you, I'm, we're not going to get into it, but... Um, if especially to me, one of the characters who is the best developed in the Clone Wars TV show is Obi-Wan because they Mm. do go a lot into him. Yes, he is the sort of like the one who's trying to hold up the asceticism of the Jedi and the the purging of emotion, but you also see him wrestle with that in some really great ways. Um, hold off on it, but, but yeah, just, just to throw that out there.
2: Yeah. I definitely agree. He's one of the more developed Jedi.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so I, 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 bring up that thing about the, the Jedi should sort of becoming a religion because I, I'm not sure if we see this with the Sith, but one thing I think is interesting is the Jedi seem to have to change fairly dramatically their portrayal from the, the Knights of the old Republic era to the clone, the, the prequel movies to the regular movies to the, now the, the post, the the newest movies. Um, How do you kind of, for both of you, I'm kind of curious, how do you guys see that development of the Jedi in terms of, like, the fairly different portrayals we get at different points of time?
2: It's interesting. Like, it shows that they are very easily manipulated. Um, They're told in the Clone Wars, hey, there's this threat, the Separatist droid army on Geonosis. And then Obi-Wan conveniently finds Kamino and the clone army. And they're like, oh, several million children who were bred to fight for us and will fight for us for no pay and no hope of freedom because the only thing they know how to do is fight. Yeah, we'll take it. Like, oh, no. the, uh, The Clone Wars, the TV show, does a very good job of showing some of the quandaries that the clones face as well as their commanders. The Jedi are forced into, not necessarily forced, they opt into being Commanders and generals in an army when they've been trained to be negotiators and moderators by and large, right? Uh, and a lot of the time they do a terrible job of being commanders.
1: They really do. And and you're right. The to me another great part of the Clone Wars TV show that I think really speaks to this problem in the Jedi is this that that this sort of growing realization that of how easily they they looked at the clones as tools instead of as living beings that should be just as um but you know just as recognized by the by the force and by their code um right and i, I think there is I, I i don't remember the details on i'm I can spoil anything specific but i i remember that there is something that comes up where like the jedi ability to kind of sense you know the minds and and to just sense the life force of other beings where it's a jedi kind of recognizing that in that regard a clone doesn't feel different than another person um and so yeah. what where that goes um
0: but droids do. Whatever, Star well, Wars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that droids are people. That's another argument we can have at another point. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I know you you weren't a big fan of, of the most recent movie, and Jacob and I have discussed it more, uh, a lot, but I do want to get your take on, what is your take on the portrayal of the Jedi and the sort of evolution and direction of what that means in the most recent movie? The Last Jedi. Uh,
2: it's... I think it's generally where it needs to go. Um, Like, the Jedi can't be as straight-laced as they are in the Old Republic or in the Republic and continue to be the good guys. Uh, I think something that has been recognized is the world isn't as black and white as the Empire and the Rebellion indicated that it might have been. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be able to have some leeway. The Jedi need to have an answer to the trolley problem. Right. Um, for those who don't know, the trolley problem is you are the conductor on a trolley. You're going down the tracks and you are currently on the tracks in front of you. There are three people who will not be able to get out of the way. You are able to switch tracks to another lane, but there is one person there. Do you take no action, and therefore have no hand in killing the three people in front of you? Or do you take an action and actively, harm another Uh, and the jedi have an answer of option c which in this case was higher clones i guess
0: yeah no no the jedi's answer is it's irrelevant there is no death (laughs) there is (laughs) (laughs) that's fair no but like yeah they didn't have a good answer is is what we're going down to and that
2: and now they're working towards that right and that's something that the legends canons books also work towards
1: well, and so let's let's now get into the asceticism of the Jedi, because you know that's that's a, that's a topic we've all been kind of chomping a bit to get into. Uh, Jacob, why don't I know you got some really strong feelings on this? You want you want to go into this one? Uh,
0: what gave you the impression that I had strong <laughs> feelings on this? Um, I have no idea. You're such a Jedi
1: about your emotions on these topics. So,
0: so here's here's the thing. Uh, here's here's the nugget. Uh, is that when you have a set of precepts that says deny these natural aspects of your being in order to be a better person you make darth vader boom the the movies told us that (laughs) so the jedi are wrong end of story
1: agree well here's the question though if Anakin had been taken at birth or at like one or two years old, would he have still turned into Darth Vader?
0: Oh, sure. Because when you, so yes, perfect. Yeah. Let's just indoctrinate children into a damaging philosophy and create stunted individuals so that we don't make supervillains. That's better. I no, I, I no, no it's, not, it's,
1: by, it's by no means better. I, I'm I'm just kind of pushing at this a little bit. Cause I'm not saying it's better by any means, but it, it does certainly seem that in terms of what makes Anakin fall to the dark side or fall or go to the dark side, the council is right that he was too old and that it is the fact that he was old enough to have developed an, an, an attachment to his mother is a huge part of it. And then, then <sighs> the, yep. the emotional attachment that he already had to his mother, he's sort of been introduced to this idea of, of, of emotional attachment in general and that, and that challenging that and that so much of that leads to his feelings for Padme. Um, yeah, but again, I'm not saying if it's right or wrong, I'm just saying, but, okay, in the, like... in the idea of the way to keep Jedi from falling to the dark side, does Anakin's story show that, that childhood indoctrination, baby indoctrination,
0: is actually what they need to do? No, because of Obi-Wan, right? Unless I don't know Obi-Wan's origin story, so, I'm, so I am have always supposed that he actually got the proper treatment, right? Um, Quote-unquote proper treatment. It. And he clearly has attachment to Anakin. Right? That's fair. So here's an example of somebody who got the... You know, he got the, got read the, the, the full thing at a very young impressionable age and was the closest we could have to, to somebody who's been indoctrinated from start to finish, still has attachment, but handles it in a more, slightly more healthy way. He does cut all the limbs off his friend. That's not like the best.
1: Well, but, but, but to this point, we don't have to keep pushing on this. He doesn't turn to the dark side. Is that the difference between the two of
0: them? That Anakin was raised too late. I don't. I so like. I don't know. I don't think it's because of when you get exposed to the philosophy. I think it's because of the the nature of their engagements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because like here's the thing that we never actually we don't see on screen unless it happens during Clone Wars. We don't see a romance subplot for Obi wan on screen, right? We don't see them trying to deny uh, or him trying to deny himself this very natural, very healthy and generally beneficial thing in his life. Whereas we definitely see Anakin put into that position and, you know, like completely going, no, I don't care. I'm going to do this thing and pursue it, which wasn't a problem until another force started to try to corrupt him. Right Like right. it wasn't just because he was you know hooking up with Padme and and eventually getting married and stuff. That wasn't why there was a problem. It wasn't because they were having seeds in the fields where they were saying, "No, it's because I love you so much. Like that's not why he turned. uh, he turned because the Jedi were corrupt, so the villain had a point, mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> he got he got manipulated so in in a way, uh he got exposed to the other uh side of the spectrum manipulating him and then fell into that trap. I guess my argument is manipulating anybody is bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can never agree with that. I, mean, I, I will say um the uh, Obi-Wan having a, a pull of romance is a story that gets explored in a really interesting way. Um one reason I really want you to see the Clone Wars. Um but yes, I, I, I definitely think I, I think your point is well taken. So, so with that, let's now actually put these two in a conversation. Um, how do you, and I, I really appreciate, Jonah, the point you were making about how much these two have been formed in response to each other, that, that the Sith were very much a response to the Jedi. And, and it sounds like a lot of the way the Jedi evolved from their origins is a response to their emotional reaction to the Sith. Um, and so they're now kind of cyclically tied to each other. Um, but, but how are we feeling about, Obviously, the films portray the Jedi as 100% the good guys, the Sith as 100% the bad guys. Um, but let's let's complicate that a little bit more. Where do you see these two uh, belief systems in terms of ideas of morality? Or ethics, since that's kind of the, the ballywick of this, this podcast.
2: Sure. Um, I don't think either of them land in a particularly great place. Uh, they're both very damaging to... They're both not respectful of the Opinions of others. Uh, the Sith Code—they're just talking about personal strength—and the Jedi Code and the Jedi are about, in a different way, but they're about imposing their beliefs onto others. Um, yeah. And neither of those is particularly ideal.
1: I mean, in a way, I love what, the way you just said that because I haven't thought of this before. The Jedi feel very colonialist, very the sort of like you know the the that the, the colonial attitude of. We're going to the savages' land to teach them how to be civilized and to teach like that. There's a a pretended belief in altruism, and and some folks may even believe that, although clearly it's not. Um, And the Jedi have kind of a similar way of we think we know what's best for everyone else, and so we're going to do that, whether or not they want it.
2: It ties into what uh, Jacob said earlier. The Jedi are your parents. They're the ones who are like, no, 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 that's not good for you. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I know better,
0: and sometimes the Jedi are right in those instances, but that doesn't make what they do right.
2: Sure, right. I mean, sometimes they're wrong. Yes, <laughs> sometimes they're wrong. Um, see the Clone Wars. See the Clone Wars. Right.
1: <clears throat> well, and, and so that's um, that's kind of a good question for it. Is um, you know, we we're talking about how the Jedi have shifted, and, and, and sort of that by the Clone Wars, we're sort of seeing like the Jedi when they've gone wrong. Has that desire to tell everyone else the right way to do things and to somewhat control others to make them do the right things. Has that always been a part of the Jedi or is that supposed to be something that has more come in as part of the Jedi's, you know, being corrupted?
2: I think it's something that's always been a part of the Jedi.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does actually seem to be part and parcel with their, with their core tenants, whether like, it's very easy to read between the lines and find that right.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, cert- yeah, it certainly seems like it's a bit, I mean, just the whole idea of, like, the taking the kids and and um, all these perspectives, it, it definitely seems like that's always their attitude,
2: is we,
1: you know, we know how to fix things, and that's, that's, if we know what is right, then that's all that matters.
2: Ah, here's the quote that I wanted to get. up. Uh, this is from Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan Kenobi, renowned Jedi. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Hold on, God, What? <laughs>
1: Are you saying there's something ironic about that statement?
0: I mean... It's like rain on your wedding day. (laughs) It's a free ride when you've already paid.
2: Like, at that point, like, hearing that, you're just like, wait, Obi-Wan, are you,
0: do you not know what words mean? Are you a Sith? Is Obi-Wan secretly a Sith? Has Has this entire franchise been a lie? Right.
1: Well, to me, what it says is kind of what what Jonah you were saying before about how nothing in the Jedi Code is actually true. You know, it's sort of saying that like Obi Wan, like as you were saying, Jacob, Obi Wan is just as subject to his emotions as anyone else. Like in that moment, Obi Wan is incredibly attached to Anakin. He's scared. He's upset. He's angry, and and yeah, so he's being he's being driven into thinking in terms of absolutes, like. On the one hand, this could be absolutely brilliant writing, but I don't think that... that I, I can't give the people who wrote, I hate sand, it's so coarse, not like you. <laughs> I can't give them this much credit. And yes, second movie, third movie, but still. But, but without, without... I think it's accidental, but without intending it, there's something wonderfully meta there about Obi-Wan's statement of only a Sith deals in absolutes, being an absolute, happening at the moment when he is perhaps most driven by emotion that we've ever seen, he's kind of at, like, the closest he comes to being the Sith. Like, I don't think they intended it, but that's kind of fantastic. I give it to them.
2: I give it to them. Uh, like, it's very apparent if you're looking at it with any degree of like, focus, and you're just like like, if you think about it, you're like this is If it's very easy to just drop only, and it's no longer as absurd right? Uh, If he just says, a Sith deals in absolutes, or like, it just shows that he's lost it. Um, Yeah. And I I think it's one of the strongest points of the prequels, um, that line. If it's intended. If it's not intended, well, good job, y'all. You got me.
1: (laughs) You know, sometimes people stumble into greatness without any intention, and then sometimes they say sand is coarse. So... You
2: never so, know. So interesting. I mean, sometimes sand is coarse. This this is also true.
1: Um, where do we think? Like, it, it it's funny for me because I feel like, and again, maybe it's because it, the Jedi Code to me, it feels very aspirational, and I I think I am. I agree with you that neither one of them are great, but I feel like, and maybe this is. I don't know exactly where I go with this, but I feel like the Jedi code is asking too much and it's too unrealistic, but it's still a goal that I want to get to. Like, and that I would want to have something closer to what the Jedi are asking for. Whereas the Sith, like I said, it's that Hobbesian idea. I, I, the Sith are naming, you know, brutal realities in how things work. That yes, it, you know, in the state of nature, the person who has the most power has the most freedom and i guess at the at the core of it i don't want the world to be like the sith see it i want it to be like the jedi see it but i can understand that the problem is that the jedi wanting the jedi not acknowledging any of the basic truths that the sith are saying is a big part of why they fail so much at getting to get into the world they want to get to
0: i mean it's it's almost like somebody needs to instantiate an order that embraces the idea that we we like harmony and serenity and peace uh but maybe let's not deny ourselves and that would be really cool right and then the sith don't have like they, they can't teenage rebel against that because like the only thing they can disagree with is whether or not it's good for people to get along with each other and sure we can have that argument but wait 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 wait, are are you saying that when
1: a story sets up a moral system based on two absolute ends of a spectrum that perhaps moderation and a middle path is is the best way to go
0: no because then i would have to say that applies elsewhere and it doesn't always the the truth is not always in the middle folks uh that's fake (laughs) news Uh, but (laughs) in this particular case I, i feel like there are some things that can be taken from both codes i feel like the jedi code is intellectually dishonest they know perfectly well that it won't work And they know that because they felt the need to write all of that down as if it were true. Yeah. And if they had written it aspirationally, if they had written it clearly aspirationally, I think that you could argue that it would be honest. But I think because they write it as a series of absolutes. hmm? Hmm? True. (laughs) That uh, they're like, yeah, they're fooling themselves.
1: Yeah, well, and that speaks to. And I've gone into this before, and so I'll be brief on it. But, but to me, one of the reasons why I love Last Jedi so much is it gets to the idea of that that there's a good core at the heart of the kind of Jedi ideology at the Force. But but when it becomes a religion, when it becomes the institution, it it is when it all goes wrong. And that's why I do kind of love, especially even what you're saying about the writing it down. You know, Yoda and Luke kind of embracing the idea of burning the books themselves. That kind of. The problem is the writing it down. The problem is the building the institution. Only they
0: actually uh, didn't burn the books.
1: I know. I hated that moment from the movie. I was so <laughs> pissed at
0: that. So um, bad. Like, why would you do that? Robs that entire right. scene. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Well, and, and to go back a few things, is that's my one comment about what, what Jesus was seeing about the Jedi is because to me, one of the most important parts of Jesus's message again and again in, in in scripture, if it's something you care about, is Jesus is constantly telling the established religious organization of the day, you care too much about what's in the books, you're not listening to God enough. And and there I do see a parallel of the kind of, wh- where I want them to go in Last Jedi, I don't know if they're going to go there in the last movie, but is the idea of trying to say like, the mistake of the Jedi was to write things down, was to have absolutes, was to codify all this, and we need to get back to just kind of trying to live in harmony with the Force.
2: So, there is no official Grey Jedi code, um, but there are a lot of people who've put one together, either in the old canon or in Star Wars The Public Republic MMO, um, and essentially something that's common through the various codes for the middle path is there's only the Force I listen to the force, I keep balance. Um, And I think that supports what you're saying, the writing it down and codifying it, and saying these rules will apply to every situation is where the system breaks, because any set of rules, no matter how complex, as we very well know as judges, (laughs) fails at a certain point. And they're like, hold on, how does humility work again? This is stupid.
0: (laughs) Uh, Humility is that you don't think too highly of yourself. Oh, wait, that's (laughs)
2: So the Grey Jedi are the ones who are just saying, in any given situation, if I reach out to the Living Force, they will it will answer me, and I will know what is right. And it may be right, in one case, to hurt somebody, and in another case, that is very similar, to not hurt anybody. Um, right. And you have to take things case by case. You don't just provide knowledge to everybody. You don't overpower everybody. You find what the situation requires. And... Because you have access to this vast pool of guidance and a little bit of foresight and personal strength, you're able to effectively guide the fate of the galaxy. Mm. That's the idea. I don't think anybody does a particularly good job of that.
1: I I was going to ask, do we get introduced to any characters who are kind of embodying that, or does it not really happen much?
2: Um... In the Legends canon, because they have the time to develop those stories, you do get there. You get to the point where you're like, oh, so this is what a Jedi assassin looks like. Nido Keen. Uh, like, trained with Mandalorians to learn how to hunt people who need killing. Yeah. Uh, and the Jedi Order's like, no, you're a pretty chill person. We like you. You do good. <clears throat> uh, even though you're killing people, it is what it is this best thing for the galaxy there. And we trust your judgment in the force.
0: Oof. Mm-hmm.
2: It definitely
1: seems like the Jedi can wind up with a real ends, justify the means kind of idea here of their higher goals are so important that anything that gets to that is, is acceptable.
2: Right. And that's what happened in the clone wars. They're just like, yes, we need to stop the separatists from taking over the galaxy. And so what they did was they put Palpatine in charge. Right. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the other movies, but that did not turn out so good.
0: <laughs> what do well, you mean? They, they, they amassed such great power. They had the ability to destroy planets. That's so cool. Wait, I mean,
1: really, Palpatine just wanted to reunite a father and his son. I mean, that's that's a loving story from Palpatine's perspective.
0: He wanted um, Luke to kill his father. <laughs> <laughs> that's not reunited. Uh, sh- a shared activity? Um... <laughs> We <laughs> uh, yes, have to Patrick see each other again. Famous, famous shared activity that really brings a father and son together.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, but actually, uh, Jonah, part of what you're saying, again, I don't know if I can give the writers credit here, but you may be giving me an answer to one of the questions that has always bothered me so much about the Clone Wars movies, um, yeah. Attack of the Clones and all that, um, is we never actually get told why is republics and and planets breaking away from the um republic a bad thing. Like, that's never discussed in any way. We learn that the people who are running it all are evil and then we later learn that uh, even them, like, everything was manufactured. But there's never a talk about, like, why it's so bad if some people want to just be like, nice republic, we don't want to be part of it anymore, peace out. Um, right. And I'm wondering if is is part of the idea that we're supposed to get there that that is exactly kind of – that is the point, is that the Republic doesn't have a good reason to let the, to not let the Separatists go, but that it, it winds up just being exactly the kind of thing that the Sith are afraid of, that the Republic wants to keep the Separatists in order because that's all it knows. Because it can't conceive of the idea of just letting the Separatists have the freedom to to separate themselves from the Republic.
2: Uh, that's definitely a significant part of it. Uh, part of it is if you look at the organizations that are part of the separatist movement, you have the Nimodians who are traders, you have the intergalactic banking clans of, I want to say, Moonalist, um, and you have several other significant economic organizations that want to step away from the Republic's oversight. Um, right. This is kicked off by the... Nemoidians trying to take over Naboo and being like yeah we just want to control this can we have this mm-hmm. and so part of it is the Republic saying no you can't just take planets from the Republic and these corporations saying but their queen signed off on this paperwork she said it's fine uh, ignoring the fact that there was coercion in tanks in her front yard <laughs> right uh, but it's definitely part of it is the organizations that are splitting are venal and greedy and they just want more for themselves but part of it is the republic doesn't know what to do without them if people don't listen to them what's if people aren't listening to the senate and to the jedi how do they maintain order Mm -hmm. yeah and so people have to listen to them
1: And and actually jacob goes to your point because when you think about when do parents really become problematic, one of the biggest ways that parents can start becoming, you know, really kind of pushing power on their kids, if not downright abusive, is when the kid starts to want some freedom and some authority and the parent isn't ready to let go of the idea that they're supposed to always be in control. Um, and that way the jet, you're right. that A parent is a perfect metaphor for the Jedi in that situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is why the, the Jedi Sith dichotomy as parent and, rebellious teenager actually works really really well um it does. because because just like with parents and rebellious teenagers neither party is necessarily like doing like both parties goals in in their base aren't necessarily a problem right the problem comes in the interaction between the two of them the problem comes because the more the parent, the Jedi, attempts to assert control to to say you can't do this. Uh, the more it makes the the teenager want to push against it, right? Mm-hmm. It creates conflict by its very nature.
1: Um, Jonah, I want to get your take on it, and Jacob as well. We we talked a lot about Obi Wan as kind of an embodiment of the Jedi in in, in good and bad ways, and I want to ask about one or two of the Sith as well. What is your take on Yoda? Like Yoda, I think, is always sort of held up, especially in the early movies, uh, the original movies. He is the sort of guiding prophet of the Jedi. Like we, when you think about the things we know about the Jedi, at least from the movies, it's, it's Yoda's sayings that most come to mind. Um, do you, how much do you see him as an, an accurate representation of the Jedi or of a derivation of the Jedi? And, and sort of what's your take on him in, in terms of how well he's able to live that out?
2: I mean, I think he's as much of a hypocrite as any other Jedi. Um, In season one of the Clone Wars, the TV show, he says, to answer power with power the Jedi way, this is not. In this war, a danger there is of losing who we are. This is after he's ordered a clone army for himself To fight a galactic scale war. And the thing that he is defending is his authority in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like anybody else we know who shoots lightning out of their hands?
1: Yeah, that's I was really hoping to hear like some positive things about how Yoda's the one good Jedi, but but you make some points.
0: Um No, I think everyone is the one good Jedi. (laughs) Get it? I think
2: that Yes. I don't think Yoda is as bad as some Jedi, um, but he tells Anakin that he can't have emotions, should should be able to suppress them when he clearly has them. Um, right. And while Yoda may have mastered his emotions, that doesn't mean that Anakin has. And I think that being like, yeah, sometimes we're wrong and you should be allowed to vent your emotions. That would have solved a lot of problems. If somebody had been like, yo, what's up, Anakin? How you doing? He's like, well, this fucking sucks. They're like, yeah, you're right. It kind of does. Life is like that sometimes. And he'd be like, all right. Thanks, Rhoda.
1: And this may be a case where I'm wanting too much to cherry pick the canon. Because I, I do feel like of all the things that the prequels got wrong, or at least that they changed dramatically in ways that I really didn't like, the character of Yoda, I feel like, is that more than anything. Because I, I do feel like the perceptive, the perceptives that Yoda has in the original movies, yes, it is too much avoiding emotion and his inability to understand why Luke wants to go help his friends and things like that. But, but so much of his teaching about not even that emotion is bad, but the danger of letting yourself be carried off by emotion makes a lot of sense to me. And then in the prequels, I think you're right, though, it, it is much more of a... He wants the control, he wants the power. Um, Not even getting into, like, bouncing around the room with a lightsaber. I hated that part so much. Um, And I can head candidate to say that the Yoda of the original movies is because Yoda has reflected on how wrong he was in the prequels and has learned things. Um, It may also just be bad writing, I don't know. But, but, But certainly, yeah, to me... I hate acknowledging it, but I think you're right. Yoda, especially of the prequels, is just as hypocritical as any of the rest of them.
2: I mean, I think that what you said is that he did reflect. He saw everybody he knew be killed, or most of them. Some of them went into hiding and were killed later. He didn't get to watch them die. But he was there for Order 66. He felt the deaths of the Jedi Order because of choices he made. Um, And choices he made to uphold the status quo. Um, He was holding on to something. He was emotionally attached to what his life was. Um, And I think that we can say that he realized that he was holding on to that, and that's what made him push back, and that's what made things break so dramatically. Um, If the Jedi Order had just been like, all right, you got this, Palps. You're in charge now. Have fun with the galaxy. (laughs)
1: I, I need them to say palps at some point in some movie. That
0: would just be he's, so good. He's clearly so palpy bad. tea, right? That should be oh his...
2: I mean, I don't... In the books, he's referred to as palps somewhat frequently, especially by uh, pilots. Wait, really? I don't think... Pal- really? Oh, yeah.
0: That's yeah, great. Old palps. That is so good. It's, yeah.
2: Oh, God. Uh, they aren't particularly respectful of him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that seeing what happened and seeing the, like if Palpatine was just handed the government, if the separatists were allowed to go their separate way, what would have happened? You would have had a separate entity in the galaxy. And yes, at times they may have been like, hey, we're imposing economical restrictions on your planet. We're just like, hey, you don't get to trade this way. But you would have avoided a galactic war where billions, if not trillions, if not some larger number that I don't really know the name of, died or were like people in the clone wars planets were evacuated planets were destroyed or made uninhabitable and if the jedi had been like you know what we don't need to fight for our authority that might have been avoided yeah
1: i mean yeah and 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 it's that going back to the same metaphor because i think it was just so good you know the the parent who drives the kid away by by trying to hold on too tight Um, Right. And yeah, and it is, it is, it's why I both love and hate and I'm so frustrated by the prequels because I think the story of the prequels is such a good one. The idea of, especially because it's that idea of that they are so wrapped up and holding on to their own power and their own institutions that they're blind to the fact that they're being completely manipulated. Um, It's not well told, but it's such a good story. And I think it does tell us so much about the Jedi and the Sith.
2: Agree. You know where it is well told. Where's
0: that? In the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mean,
0: so you thought that answer was going to be different, Matthew? I, I, I didn't know this. Say, books you know where it the was video well games told? or The comics.
1: Um, yeah, because uh, I would also say the also comics are, it's, are also good. <laughs> it is told so much better in the Clone Wars TV show.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, um, I. I think having the opportunity to go into depth is what makes the story story so
0: strong. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, slightly better dialogue writing and whatever would have also helped. But that this is the world <laughs> we live in. Uh, and speaking of the world we live in, um, we could continue talking about the Jedi and the Sith for literal hours. I have, True. I have faith in all of us that we could do this. However, um, the consequences
1: from our loved ones would be
0: dire. Not only that, but I, I feel like we owe it to the listeners to eventually end an episode. Uh, so, oh, i love the so, listeners that's what i meant but so yes, but, before, but, before <laughs> we, but before we do that before we do that uh is there anything that we haven't covered that either of you like i don't have anything i i'm perfectly happy with where we're sitting now uh but is there anything we haven't covered that you really wanted to make sure we we got into before we close out
2: uh let's see yes um One of the things that I just want to say is, I am a big fan of the Legends canon books, and while they may not be the current canon, I think they tell very good stories and very interesting stories that make you ask questions. Um, And there are about 150 of them, just a little bit under. Uh, I want to give a couple recommendations. Go for it. Uh, So, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the Darth Bane trilogy is about the foundation of the modern Sith Order. The book, Darth Plagueis, is about the man, the meme, the legend, uh, and is very good in setting up the Clone Wars. It's about the steps that takes Palpatine to the night of the Naboo invasion. Mm. Uh, from there, the Republic Commando series, which is five books long, is the Clone Wars told from the eyes of, essentially, slave soldiers uh, mm. and how they interact with the Jedi. Uh, Kenobi is a Western set in between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. And then I'd recommend way later, if you want to go real deep onto the philosophy and the ethics of the Jedi, particularly not so much the Sith, you have the New Jedi Order, uh, Legacy of the Force, and Fate of the Jedi, which is about 50 books all told, but it tells the story of the fall of a Jedi to the dark side, and it is fantastically well done. Are those Mm -hmm. the
0: Timothy Zahn books people keep telling me I should read? Uh both. the Zon
2: books are also incredible. There's okay. uh so at one point I was guiding a friend through this, and as I mentioned, about hundred and fifty books, and they're like, How many books can I skip? And I looked at the shelf and I'm like, like six of them aren't that useful, <laughs> but the rest you really wanna read.
0: <laughs> That's a lot uh, of material. I will be dead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Especially now that you've you've launched into the small little oo that is Brandon Sanderson.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh boy. That is a topic Same for another day, Star though. Uh, yes. But well, and the... I want
1: to just close with one last. Uh, uh, we're going to, to our listeners, we're going to provide links to all of those books, um, in the notes, in the all show notes of the show. Fifty of them. Well, the, the main <laughs> ones that Jonah just highlighted. Um, <laughs> okay. but but I want to throw one last question out, um, uh, for for Jonah and also for both of you. Um, one of the reasons why I loved the movie Rogue One so much is that in it we meet something that we never meet anywhere else which is what I would kind of call the, the the parishioners of the Jedi. Like, we meet people who are not Jedi, but they believe in the Force and they believe in the Jedi, and they're kind of, like I said, the parishioners. They're the ones who are, like, the the, the, the much minor on the scale. Is that something that was made up for the Rogue One movies, or is that a part of the larger sort of Jedi ethos in the larger canon?
2: There are definitely people who essentially worship the faith of the jedi they're just like yep the jedi will protect us they are not just the clergy but uh protectors of the faith and representatives of the reality of our faith they're like yep this is evidence that what i worship is true uh there are many people who worship or believe in the force without being sensitive to it
1: right it makes sense all right. Well, um, yeah, my battery is just about to run out. It looks like on my computer. So I think we definitely should wrap up. Jacob, any last things you want to say before I do the the, the closing?
0: Uh, no, other than what we've already said. Uh, and I really look forward to seeing that giant pile of links in the, in the <laughs> show notes.
1: Most definitely. Um, yeah, Jacob, thank you as always. Jonah, thank you so much. This has been such a great opportunity. I'm so glad you got to be a part of this. Um, absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys. Um, we we do this podcast because of you and because we like Jacob and I love to hear ourselves talk. And I think Jonah's probably in the same boat, but, but we love to engage with people. And and more recently, more people have been posting on our Facebook group or on Twitter and, and keeping the debates going from the episodes. And we would love that. So tell us what you think. Tell us, are you more Jedi or Sith? Do you think we were totally wrong on some part of this? Do you agree on some part of this? Where do you see yourself falling? Please let us know. You can tweet at us or find us on Facebook. Um, all that'll be in the show notes, but it's superhero ethics on either Facebook or on Twitter. And both Jacob and I have our own Twitter. Um, Jonah, how can someone find you if they want to kind of respond to you uh, and, and what you had to say here?
2: Uh, most likely Facebook. Uh, I have a Twitter, I think. <laughs> uh, I haven't used it in a while. So Facebook's probably the best way to go. Cool. All
1: right. So all that will be in the show notes. Um, and also just thank you guys for being great listeners. Um, there's now a couple of, a lot of you have been asking how you can support the podcast. There's a couple of great ways. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, um, uh, just under the name Superhero Ethics. And there's a number of ways you can uh, help support the podcast, help support what we do, help support us in getting some new technology and uh, having better audio and the like, uh, as well as get some great rewards for doing that. Um, you also now have a way to, <clears throat> excuse me. You also now have a way to um, show your superhero ethics love with T-shirts and uh, mouse pads and things like that on T Republic at superheroethics.com. At uh, superhero ethics. All that, again, will be in the show notes. So, uh, but the best way to keep supporting us is just to talk to us, to let us know what you think, to, to share this with a friend, and just to help keep the conversations going. So, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Jacob, on behalf of Jonah,
0: thank you all, guys. Cool. Have a great day. Hold on, hold on. Before we exit, uh want to shout out to Jack Hess again for using yes, our thank you. intro and outro music. Uh, wonderfully bookends the show. Uh, great original compositions thank you so much jack for letting you use for letting us use that music uh and uh because we didn't mention it uh since i'm on twitter i'm going to keep doing this for a while i am bots r the letter r people too on twitter uh go ahead and give me a follow i don't post much but what i do talk about is dumb so
1: (laughs) it's pretty great (laughs) and my personal one is caped so yes thank you so much jack thank you the music is incredible and you're about to hear it as we take us away so thank you guys all have a good day
0: At one point in your closing diatribe, you you I know that we occasionally do this where we like mean to say one word and it comes out differently. You definitely said CODCAST and I'm just (laughs) dying. I'm just trying to hold it together being all like CODCAST? We're about
2: fish now?